Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'm burn out. Hi guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I hope you guys are having the best day. I am here in Texas in the really, really crazy snowstorm. Not going to talk much about that on the podcast, but if you guys have been following us along on Instagram slash even just watching the news, you guys would know what it has been like the past week. We actually are very, very, very lucky and so grateful. I somehow have not lost power as I'm recording this. So I'm very grateful for that. But if you guys are looking for ways to help Texas or anything, I've been sharing nonstop on my Instagram, Kenzie Elizabeth. So go check that out. Texas forever, everyone. Today's episode is going to be a bit of a little solo episode from me, of course. And then I'm going to have our best friend, Dom Roberts on the podcast. We're doing a little bit of a book club recap. If you guys want to know who we're reading with and what we're reading for the month of March. Oh my gosh. Okay. I cannot believe we're almost in March. That is terrifying. Anyways, if you guys want to know that, follow the book club Instagram. As always, join our Facebook group. Leave a nice little rating and review, if you will. We also have a newsletter. Um, yeah, check that out. Okay. I'm going to be answering some questions. I asked on Instagram what solo episode you guys wanted this month. And pretty much everyone was asking for like a Q&A advice episode. And I think I've really only done one other of these. So if you guys want more like this, please let me know. We are covering a wide, wide range of topics here. Question number one, how do you handle letting go of old friendships that you thought would last a lifetime? I am so sorry. Friend breakups are the absolute worst. I don't really go through friend breakups as far as like having arguments or having bad fallouts. I think sometimes you just naturally drift or maybe grow apart. And unfortunately, that is part of life. I had something similar to this happen within the past two years. And honestly, even last night I was talking to Dom and I was like, I just like really wish that didn't happen. And, you know, sometimes it's just the reality of things. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad friend or they're a bad friend or anything like that. I think sometimes people just drift apart and it's really unfortunate. So I'm going to go at this from the approach of the friendship is already over. I don't know what happened prior to this. I would definitely recommend communicating. I think that's something that 
has hurt me before is maybe not communicating with that person. And I don't think it maybe needed to end where it ended had one of us just communicated better. But as far as when the friendship is over, you thought it was going to last a lifetime and that's just not the reality of where you're at. I think it's really important to just honestly spend that time on yourself. I think it's really similar to a actual like romantic relationship breakup. I think maybe just channel that energy, focus more on yourself and then also like put yourself out there and make new friends. I think in order to have a friend, you have to be a friend. And how often do we complain about having no friends when we haven't reached out or made any sort of effort to make a friend, have a friend, be a friend. And then we sit there in our little self pity party that, you know, is just extremely unnecessary. I will leave you with this. This is one thing I always say to myself. There are no relationships in my life that I no longer have that I wish that I did. And that doesn't mean that I don't miss certain people or certain things didn't hurt. It's just after you allow like time to kind of come in, you'll realize why maybe that friendship wasn't for you anymore, whether it was for their own good or your own good, or it allowed you maybe to move through something easier. Um, certain things like that. I think getting to that place is really healthy. It doesn't mean that I don't miss certain people or wish that they were still around, but you'll get to a place where later you see maybe why it happened. Something my therapist says to me is the how is for now and the why is for later. Sometimes we never know the why, but I think you just have to focus on the practicals of how you're you know, dealing with it then. So I would just say, focus on yourself, which I know is a really annoying answer, but also put yourself in a place where you can make new friends. Next question, how to be your authentic self without worrying what people think. I think everyone worries what people think to a certain extent. I don't think it is my biggest problem in life, but I do find myself worrying what people think. Even the other day, I had a joke in a vlog. I edited the entire video. I had it pre-uploaded. And then I thought later how people would take the joke and I ended up editing it out. And I, I think I'm actually like very sarcastic and there's certain things that maybe wouldn't translate. Think of like Morgan Stewart's humor. I'm not nearly as funny, but I really resonate with that, okay? And sometimes I just know how it's gonna come off and I'll take it out. And I really wish that I didn't do that because I actually think I would be one funnier online and maybe connect with more people. But ultimately, like I was like, why am I doing this for other people? I think there's certain things that it's like, okay, like maybe that's not worth it. Yeah, I think we all definitely struggle with this to, to a certain extent. Maybe just ask yourself, like, am I doing this for me or not doing this because of someone else? And I think at the end of the day, you have to just be true to yourself and be doing things that make you happy. Even when I was younger, this is something I, I actually think of a lot on this topic is when I was younger and I had a YouTube channel in the high school, honestly, I had a really good experience. Pretty much 90% of people were really nice to me. But of course, there were a few kids who were really rude or make videos, making fun of me, things like that. And had I stopped what I was doing then, I would not be where I am now. And so if that encourages you or helps you, I don't have an exact answer to this, but I think at the end of the day, you know yourself, you know your intentions and you have to just kind of, I don't know, I think it's its not something necessarily that will never bother you, but I think you have to learn how to be able to push through. Like, where are you finding your validation, right? Is it in yourself or is it in other people? How to calm down when you are feeling overwhelmed about nothing. 
So I think that is called anxiety for me personally. This has definitely been something I think even on the topic of quarantine fatigue, which we'll get into, I will get overwhelmed. It's not even necessarily about nothing because I have things going on, but I think sometimes I just have to pause and whether that's for a day, if I really feel like I need that, or if it's just for an hour or so, I think I have to do that. And also I have to be doing the things that make me feel good. For instance, this entire week, my honestly, the past two weeks, my anxiety has been really, really bad. And we've, you know, been in the house to a whole other extent on top of, you know, the pandemic, like we can't really even go outside with the storm. And there's just been a lot of added stress on top of, you know, the world that we're already living in. And that has, you know, not necessarily been the best, but this morning I decided, no, you know what? I'm going to go back to my morning routine. It gives me a sense of control. It gives me, honestly, it makes me my best version of myself for the day. It starts my day off on a good foot. Even though I may not want to work out and wake up early, I'm just going to do it. And I'm not kidding. Within like five minutes of my workout, I turned to Dom and I was like, I feel like myself again. And I have been complaining and just feeling so overwhelmed and so anxious all week long. And just doing my, you know, hour long workout with Dela over Zoom really changed the game for me. It's definitely unique to everyone. I know that working out isn't necessarily what like calms and fixes everyone. I honestly take a lot of baths too. I read, um, I do a lot of things that I know like refuel me, recharge me. So I think it's just figuring out which one of those or whatever works for you. And then on top of that, honestly, I find that my anxiety and then just levels of being overwhelmed are always worse when I'm not, you know, um, consistently doing the things that make me my healthiest. And I'm not talking necessarily about like being physically healthy. I mean, emotionally and spiritually, I'm actually doing this devotional book right now called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality Day by Day the biggest game changer. Dom is doing it now. And she's like, dude, I like, we both love it. I think it's probably both of our favorite devotional book I've ever done. It gives you a little reading in the morning and a little bit of reading at night. And it is honestly the best book I've ever read. It really calms me, kind of recenters me. And it makes me feel like I'm not going crazy. So just little tools and tactics like throughout your days, I think are really important to kind of give you structure, give you routine, give you stability, give you a sense of control. So that's what I do. I think it's different for everyone. And I would just encourage you to try out different things. Um, I know cleaning also is another thing that really helps me. So try out different things and figure out what works for you. A quick break to talk about today's sponsor, Best Fiends. The past week, I have really just been inside of my house. I have been in Texas during the snowstorm and I have been, you know, a little overwhelmed, a little anxious. A lot's been going on in the world, right? And that is why I love playing Best Fiends. It is a top rated mobile puzzle adventure game. Best Fiends gives you hours of fun, casual gameplay that never gets old with thousands of levels plus new content and events added all the time. So when I need to unwind, I can always count on Best Fiends. My favorite part of the game is that it really allows me to de-stress whether it's after work, during a snowstorm, or just when I'm trying to actually just wind down throughout the day. I also like that it gets increasingly more challenging. It gives me a little bit of a sense of accomplishment as well, guys. Like I'm not just wasting my day away. I'm actually just killing it on Best Fiends. I've actually been playing Best Fiends for years and years. I think I first downloaded the free to download, by the way, app, I want to say like four years ago, 
back in pre-COVID days, I would play it all the time when I was traveling. And now I play it at home when I'm trying to unwind, de-stress and pass some time while I have been, you know, in this snowstorm. With Bus Fiends, there's something new today and tomorrow and every day after that. Literally thousands of levels to play and counting, plus tons of cute characters to collect. So if you never get tired of solving puzzles, good news with Bus Fiends, the fun never ends. Just don't blame me if you become slightly obsessed. It's very, very fun, guys. So you guys can download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends, F-I-E-N-D-S. Okay, guys, let's get back to the episode. Okay, if you're not a morning person, how to start becoming one and how to wake up early. So I have gone through, uh, you know, quite the battle with being a morning person. I feel like my entire life, I've pretty much naturally been a morning person. I love the mornings. I go to bed at 8 p.m. I love reading at night and that's pretty much it. I'm quite the homebody. I really like my morning routine as we've established already with every other question in here. However, I will say when I wake up in the morning, I'm not excited to wake up when it, my alarm goes off at like six, six thirty. I'm not, you know, super pumped about being up and waking up. I'm not like excited to get out of bed. And I think maybe that's the miscommunication as far as like morning people go with that being said, I don't always even wake up that early. Um, it really just depends on life. I think the past year obviously has been crazier, Before that, I was waking up, I think at like five every morning, maybe six. I was going to a workout by seven most mornings. It really just depends on like my season of life and wherever I'm at with that. And then a few weeks ago, I randomly started waking up between six and 6.30 naturally. And I have no idea how that happened. I'm no longer in that phase. I'm gonna blame the snowstorm for that one, um, even though it's probably my fault, but it's fine, we're fine. I say this all the time, but it's discipline over motivation. We rely way too much on emotions rather than discipline. So I think if you want to become a morning person, one, unfortunately, you have to go to bed early. You can't stay up until 1 or 2 a.m. every night and expect to wake up at 7 a.m. the next morning. It's not realistic. It's not good for you. And it's not going to motivate you to become a morning person. So maybe going to bed a little bit earlier and then having something in the morning scheduled. So Obviously, we're living in different times. It was a lot easier when I would schedule a workout class that I had to be at, but having things scheduled that I need to do in the morning definitely keep me accountable to waking up early, even having like your morning coffee to look forward to or a certain drink or a certain, you know, workout, things like that. I think having some sort of routine, having something that's holding you accountable, going to bed early, and then understanding that no one really is excited to wake up at 5 a.m., but they just do it out of discipline. Okay, feeling stuck between almost graduating, finding career, and lifelong friends. I think a lot of people feel very stuck, you know, in your post-grad experience. I know this is between almost graduating, but I'm just going to kind of go off of post-grad. And then obviously you go into it in the middle of the pandemic. That makes it, you know, 10 times harder. I am not going to sit here and act like I'm living a normal post-grad life. I didn't have to find a job. I didn't have to find a place to live, things like that. I can't really fully speak to that. I know there's a lot of other podcasts that will, but just recognizing that it is totally okay to feel that way. And it is totally understandable. And I think to some extent, pretty much everyone deals with a weird phase of post-grad. There's a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of people who talk about, you know, the post-grad life and 
it's really weird. Like you're in school and you have structure and you have someone else kind of telling you what to do up until age, you know, 22, 23. And then you're kind of, you know, out for your own and it's really can be overwhelming and scary. But I think the number one thing is to just give yourself grace and understand that this is a part of life that so many other people are also going through and don't shame yourself for not knowing what you want to do. Like we're so young. I think it's not the end of the world. And there's so many people who don't even find what they want to do until their thirties and forties. That needs to be talked about more rather than going on Twitter and seeing someone with like 7 million followers making seven figures a month at 15. Like that is the very, 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 very rare case. And their timeline is not your timeline. What is the best way to help someone going through a breakup as a supportive friend? There's a few things. I think the number one thing, I would not egg on like toxic thinking in a breakup. I wouldn't egg on and talk poorly about their partner. It doesn't matter really even what they did. Even if they cheated and did all these things, at the end of the day, your friend holding on to the bitterness towards their ex is only gonna hurt your friend. So I think it's focusing more on that friend and maybe leaning them into a healthier lifestyle. But at first I would say, obviously sitting with them, processing through emotion, crying with them, whatever that needs to be, loving them and just being a good friend. But long-term, I would not, you know, talk poorly about the ex. I wouldn't kind of egg on any more negative, toxic thinking like that. I would be very careful with the words that you use because I know for me, if I'm going through anything like that, I always request, I'm like, hey, I don't want to hear anything negative about them. I don't want to hear any, that's not helping me. You know, we may all think this, my family may all think this, my friends may all think this. This may be the reality, but that's not really helping me when I hear that because I don't want to hold on to any bitterness or resentment or anything like that, obviously. So I think just keeping that in mind, that's like the number one thing that, you know, has helped me or has helped other friends around me. How to get more confident in the kitchen. I hate cooking for other people. Okay, I totally understand this one. I think cooking for other people can be a little bit overwhelming, honestly. And I don't know, I totally understand. Even now when I cook for people, even if I've made the recipe 10 times, it worries me because I'm like, what if this is the one time it's not good? And I'm always more critical on myself when other people are eating it. Totally get it. I think practice, honestly, I don't ever make my own recipes. Like I always use recipes from, honestly, I would say nine times out of 10, the modern proper, but just starting to practice, starting to cook more and you'll gain a sense of confidence in the kitchen, even starting off with easier recipes. I think it's really hard to mess a soup up. Life hack, do the tortellini kale sausage one. I have a reel of it. It's the recipes from the modern proper, but I think just Honestly, practice makes perfect. And I don't think that people are cruel enough to where they're just gonna like, you know, tell you your food sucks when you just cook them a meal. I mean, that's very hard work and you deserve some credit for that. So I don't know, I would just practice more, but I totally understand. I also have that insecurity sometimes. And I think that's normal. How to deal with quarantine burnout. This is something, or quarantine fatigue, if you will. This is something I feel like I have been really dealing with the past week. It's really weird. I go through, you know, a week where I feel really motivated, really productive, really on top of it. 
And then the next week, I just have no energy to do anything. And even as some things have opened up, you know, I live in Texas, we're, we can go to restaurants and things. I'll go do things that are, you know, legally where I live while also being very careful. The world is still not where it was. And I don't know what it is, but I just, I don't know. Dom and I have been talking a lot about quarantine fatigue and burnout. And she said to talk to our friend Meadow about it, who is a mental health professional. Great Instagram follow, by the way. I think it's at Meadowlark. She's incredible. For me personally, this past week, I don't have all the answers because this is something I really feel like I'm just now getting out of. But I will say... I allowed myself to just relax and just turn things off. I did have some work I needed to get done this week, but I wasn't trying to push myself. I wasn't trying to expect, you know, unrealistic expectations of myself, especially in the snowstorm. I think there's just so much going on in the world that sometimes it just gets to you. So I think allowing yourself to rest and allowing yourself to recharge and then you have to kind of just force yourself back into the swing of things. So I gave myself a few days where I was like, okay, I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to relax a little bit. I feel like I'm really burnt out. And I know that if I keep going, I'm going to actually really, really burn out. So I read some books. I watched some movies. I wasn't able to like go on walks or anything, which is normally what I love to do because, you know, there's been a snowstorm. So that wasn't really my vibe this week, but I was on the phone with friends. I even went on Clubhouse a ton and just talked to friends. I love Clubhouse. We have been on nonstop. It is so fun. I just go on randomly throughout the day. And that really helped me. Eventually I ended up like working out in literally within five minutes. Like I said, I felt like myself again. So I think sometimes you just have to allow yourself to relax and recharge and don't push yourself too much. Don't shame yourself for feeling this way. Don't add more guilt onto yourself. You know, that's very counterproductive. I hate to even use the term productive in this situation, but I don't think you're doing yourself any justice there. Okay, guys, a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Curtsy. Do you guys want to know what my closet in Texas has been missing? My juicy tracksuits, okay? I lost them all in LA during the pandemic. Don't want to talk about it. It's honestly a very sore subject. It's also very difficult to find these just online like normal, right? I downloaded the app Curtsy and you know what I found? All of these beautiful tracksuits, also a lot of really cute designer vintage bags, really cute Lululemon stuff. I mean, I have been on the app day in and day out because it is my new favorite app, okay? I love Curtsy because you're shopping from real women in your size and style. It's so easy to use and I found some amazing deals like my Juicy tracksuit, also really good deal on Lululemon leggings, the Align leggings, those are the best ones. It's also nice that it's just women's clothes too. So with the Curtsy app, you get thrift store prices delivered to your door. No need to sort through thousands of items that aren't your size or style. I have found Lululemon tops for $20 and leggings for $40 guys. That is crazy. I love thrifting. It's been something I haven't really done since the pandemic started. It also like going into the store was a little bit overwhelming. So when I go on curtsy, it's really awesome because it's better curated and I'm able to just search. It's at my fingertips so much easier. So the app has all my favorite brands like Nike, Urban Outfitters, Princess Polly, Champion, and Free People. Oh, and Levi's all up to 70% off. Selling clothing is actually such a pain, which is why my closet is always overflowing. But Curtsy has actually made the selling process so easy, literally anyone can do it. I never know how to price my items either, but Curtsy actually suggests a price, which is so helpful. If you don't have a printer, they'll mail you a shipping label for free, which I personally love. And the coolest part is that you get to instantly cash out to your debit card. 
So if you guys want a sustainable way to get Brandy, Urban, Champion, Juicy Couture, and Lulu delivered directly to your door, download Curtsy today and enter promo code I love you for 15% off your first order. As you guys know, I've been hitting up the Juicy Couture tracksuits. If you guys want to twin with me and Dom, go get yourself one on there. Again, search Curtsy in the app store spelled C-U-R-T-S-Y and enter promo code I love you for 15% off your first order. So download the Curtsy app and enter promo code I love you. Guys, again, this stuff is priced so well. And then you guys get 15% off your first order. It's a win-win. Okay, guys, let's get back to the episode. tips for getting out of a funk. I think honestly, what I just said really answers getting out of a funk as well. I've talked about this so many times. The difference between rest and being lazy is that rest refuels you. So I really encourage you over the next week. Actually, you know what? TK and I did this like three or four years ago and it was her idea, but we had our journals and we wrote down over the course of a week, things that we did that really recharged us or refueled us. And then we talked about it a week later. I think that's a great thing to do with friends, but I've listed out a bunch of things that refuel me, recharge me. Yours will probably be totally different. I know for Dom, it's like the bachelor and some certain, like she's way more into shows and movies than I am. And that refuels me, but I don't think like reading refuels her as much as it does for me. So I think it's just figuring that out. I know I'm like kind of repeating myself, but I would actually really recommend you guys doing that activity. And if you do it, tag me on Instagram stories because I would really love to see. How do you adjust to uh, having instability in life in life changing, friendships, distancing and things during the pandemic? This is also something I've said before, but I think in life, we should just hold things with an open hand. If you think about like literally open your hand right now, close it, right? If you're closing your hand on something, you're suffocating something. And if you live life with an open hand, I think you're able to think bigger. I think you're able to have more perspective. You're able to have bigger expectations almost in understanding that not everything is meant to last forever. And sometimes the instability and change while it's hard and can be heartbreaking can be the best thing that ever happened to you. So living life with an open hand would be my best advice that I have. What are your biggest passions in life? I think I have a few. Right now, currently, I think emotionally healthy spirituality is a really big passion of mine. The topic really fascinates me. I'm getting really into, um, or I was really into brain health for a second. I kind of want to get back into that. I get random things that I'm really passionate about. Obviously, I'm really passionate about community and connecting and like local church and things personally. But currently right now, I would say emotionally healthy spirituality. Okay, guys, that is it for my solo portion of today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. And without further ado, we are going to welcome our best friend, Dominique Roberts onto the podcast. Also, I think I forgot to mention, she also has her own podcast with Dear Media called The Uncomfortable. It is absolutely incredible. You guys love Dom probably way more than me most of the time. So you guys should go check it out. I will have it in the show notes below. Go subscribe, go leave a nice review and rating. She's the best, our best friend. We love her. Love you guys. Um, Yeah, let's get into the book club. Good morning, millennials. (laughs) Dom has recently become a toaster. Huge toaster. Huge toaster. So here we are. This is how she wanted to intro the book club today. We're not going to take it from them. Don't worry. It's no. not It's not her trying to be them. No, yeah. it's just, it's really one of my dreams to one day maybe be on the show and go, good morning, millennials, or how you dern. <laughs> you 
really do know your stuff. Oh God, it's too good. They're just the queens of catchphrases. They really are. They're so good at that. My catchphrases don't make sense, but theirs just do. You know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Kenzie, for having me. I on. know you're incredibly busy. It was really difficult for me to get you on. So I'm yeah, really, I'm it's really, really hard. You know, me just being in the basement. She's not even in the basement. I'm not She's literally in the office. I'm in the office living a good life. It's just funnier. <laughs> it's just funnier to say because I have the bit that I'm a squatter. I'm in the basement. It, it's funny. It's funny. It's like the 40 year old virgin who like stays in the mom's basement, except I'm not 40. I'm 23. Unfortunate. Okay. So we're recapping our February book of the month, which was opposite of always by Justin A. Reynolds. I'm going to give a little um, recap. Okay? Give us a recap, Kenzie. Debut author Justin A. Reynolds delivers a hilarious and heartfelt novel about the choices we make, the people we choose, and the moments that make a life worth reliving. When Jack and Kate meet at a party, bonding until sunrise over their mutual love of Fruit Loops and their favorite flicks, Jack knows he's falling hard. Soon, she's meeting his best friends, Jillian and Franny, and Kate wins them over as easily as she did Jack. But then Kate dies and their story should end there. Yet Kate's death sends Jack back to the beginning, the moment they first met, and Kate's there again. Healthy, happy, and charming as ever, Jack isn't sure if he's losing his mind. Still, if he has a chance to prevent Kate's death, he'll take it even if that means believing in time travel. However, Jack will learn that his actions are not without consequences. And when, you know, for someone who has a book club podcast, you would think that I would be able to read. Um, and when one choice turns deadly for someone else close to him, he has to figure out what he's willing to do to save the people he loves. Wow. That's a lot of pressure for an 18 year old. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, this is very unrealistic. I also just want to quickly stop there and say, I don't, like time travel books okay <laughs> and for some reason both book club books we have read have been about time, about travel. time travel and I, I really did like our holiday book. or groundhog day groundhog day groundhog day time travel it's just not really my thing I don't really want to read different options of what could have happened given different scenarios like yeah. choices whatever it's not really my vibe so I will say that we want to give a little bit of your review of the book you know, the book, <laughs> she was a fun, light read. There were actually some really cool things that I enjoyed about it, like the fact that the main character is black. And I think in a lot of books, it does portray like black characters to have like the stereotypes or like the struggles. But this book was really just like a young adult novel about him trying to like fall in love and like be young and make mistakes and have all those angsty teen thoughts. So I love that the friends dynamic. Oh, we will get into that one. Jillian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jillian, Franny. I think that was the coolest thing about the book reading it was it was just a novel about the kid who's trying to grow up, figure it all out, fall in love, believe in himself because it's a pretty insecure kid who doesn't believe in himself and make it all work out. So yeah, I, I thought it was a fun little light to read. Great for a young audience. Someone who's like in high school is going to tear this up because I think a lot of the themes that are mentioned in the book is something that they would enjoy. Okay, guys, a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Honey. We all shop online, some of us more than others. And by some of us, I mean myself. This past week, do you want to know how much online shopping I've done? I actually don't want to tell you because it's embarrassing. But what I can tell you is that I've actually saved so much money using Honey. 
Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. How many times are you on a website and you know that there's some promo code somewhere, it taunts you at checkout, and then you just end up paying full price for the item? No, 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 no. Those days are long gone, okay? Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. This past week, I bought five of the same candle. I actually don't want to talk about it. It's kind of embarrassing. I've been stuck in my house in this snowstorm, like not even really being able to go on my walks that have really been my relief in this pandemic. And you know what has been my best friend? It's been honey. As I, you know, bought five of the same candles for every single area of my house. But let me tell you something. I saved wait for it, wait for it, $68, okay, on these candles with the help of Honey. Okay, so this is how it works. Imagine you're shopping one of your favorite sites, maybe even some product recommendations from your favorite, me, okay? And then when you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds and I'm a very short period of time, okay? When they say a few seconds, it's literally a few seconds. As Honey searches for coupons, it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop, guys. Oh my God, there's nothing more beautiful, right? Honey has found it's over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. So if you guys don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds, guys. So it's free and you save money. Okay, what could be more beautiful, right? And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash IOISM. That's joinhoney.com slash IOISM. You'd be doing yourself a disservice by not doing this, okay? Again, joinhoney.com slash IOISM, free to download and you save money. Beautiful. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I would say this was definitely more of a younger audience book. And I didn't realize that going in. And I came from reading The Silent Patient, which is a very, um, it's like a psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. So it was a totally different vibe. There were definitely things about the book that I did. Like, like obviously I loved, like there was representation, one. Two, what we talked about, it's weird to say representation when it's a book. Because when I think about that, I think visually. Is that the same? That would be the same thing. Yeah, but, but it's representation. Like his friends were diverse. They came yeah. from like different cultures. I th- Yeah, this is really cool. I actually really, out of the book, I think my favorite thing. Uh, the, obviously the book is in completely unrealistic. I mean, the girl dies and they go back and it's time travel, right? But I think what the most unrealistic part about it is that he goes to go like tour this college or whatever, meets this girl and is head over heels in love in with her. In nine hours. In nine hours. In nine hours. Kate is magic. I want to take a dating class from Kate. I know she's only what, 19 or so. I need whatever this girl's doing because she had Jack go back in time. Man sold his car to win Kate over. I don't even know men who have cars in my life. That's the problem. <laughs> or jobs. Or yeah. jobs. It's horrible. It's horrible. I also think this would be a really good, I don't know if required reading would be the right term, but I think this would be a really good book to circle in schools. Yeah. Mainly, yes, representation, but also I think the way that Justin did it I really liked when they were talking about like sickle cell. There was a few things in the book throughout that 
brought um, awareness that brought awareness which i really appreciated i thought that was cool yeah speaking of awareness too i love that the author didn't just beat us over the head 100 like just make it like even when franny gets shot like they could have really blown it up and been like it was because of this and that like he was just like no like you can paint the picture or when franny's dad gets arrested he's just like i don't even need to go into detail why that happened the themes are important but once again the author isn't like and this is why and it's because of this it's just like no we know this is the reality so it discusses real themes without beating you over the head which is very rare and i enjoyed that i really love that as well and i really liked the storyline with franny of how essentially he's just consistently disappointing franny yeah but also okay so there's a trio of bffs right yes Okay, so Jillian and Franny are dating. The main character, both of them are his best friends and he's in love with Jillian, who is a pick me girl and we'll get there soon. Yeah. Don feels very passionately about this. I am passionate. So essentially, he his best friend is Franny. His other best friend is Jillian. They're dating, but there's nothing he won't do. Nothing. Nothing he won't do to win Jillian over. Of course, he ends up falling for Kate. Yeah. In one of the storylines, he ends up with Jillian and just completely screws over Franny. Franny. I think too, he has a good heart and his intentions are great. Like when he meets up with Franny, sad, he's back from prison and he was yeah. like, you know what? Your son actually loves you. He's trying to mend their relationship, yeah. but he just makes it worse. He makes, yeah. And it's like a lack of awareness thing. And I think selfishness too, which I think like a lot of young people kind of go through. It's like a mixture of like, when you're young, you think about yourself. Because for the most part, like all you have to think about is yourself. And so I think that was a really cool lesson for our main character to learn to, for him to just be like, OK, shoot, I went about this the wrong way. I, this whole time I've been making it about me and like I need Kate to survive. I want Julian. I want Franny to be my best friend when in reality he I think that was a cool part in the book, too, where he kind of had this coming of age moment where he was like, I'm focusing on the wrong things like I need to help serve my friends yeah and putting everyone else on the back burner you know yeah I think as well on top of that a lot of it is lack of boundary right because when you're you're acting in selfish ways which mm. we all do yep especially at that age I think we have a lot of lack of boundaries relationally and so when he thought meeting with Franny's dad before really Franny even had after he's released from prison I think he thinks he's doing a good job or he's being a good friend and sometimes overstepping and not having certain relational boundaries does the complete opposite, even if your intentions are pure. And whether you want to admit that or not, that is selfish. Yeah. And I think having that moment of let go and knowing that there are some things you can control, like there are some things you can change. But yeah, you know, like you said, like boundaries and letting go and understanding like everyone has their place in this world. And that moments of where we feel insignificant could also create significance. You know, I think those are all really good themes that I enjoyed about the book because I don't know. I remember being young and feeling insignificant. We're going to talk a little bit about your favorite, Jillian, the pick me girl. Jillian. Can you just elaborate on, you know, what is a pick me girl, Dom? A pick me girl is someone who has internalized misogyny, internalized male gaze, which if you're like, what is the male gaze? But always trying to appease 
males, like do everything out of the comfort of males. And Julian represents this in the book. And what's really interesting. So well, so so well. well. Oh, so well. And I'm not trying to, the author, this is a great book. This is a very progressive book. I think everyone should read this book. But one thing I do want to say is a lot of male authors do this where they portray a girl in their male brain. Anyway, she's a pick me girl because she, she, she wants Franny, but then she's butt hurt. This is my beef with Jillian and her being a pick me girl. She's in love with Franny, but then she also wants Jack and she's upset that Jack doesn't want to eat with her, but she has a whole entire boyfriend, a whole whole, entire boyfriend, a whole entire boyfriend, not half a boyfriend, a whole entire boyfriend. And it was just a really irritating thing that this was causing Jack so much stress when it seems like Jillian's in love with him and she's always doing everything to try and like impress Jillian. I'm one of the bros. I'm one of the guys. I'm like, bro, stop, stop, sis. We can't be acting up like this right now. We can't be doing this girl. I totally understand what you're saying about how male authors write females like this. But at the same time, I think this is really realistic for high school. Yes. I think that might be the most realistic part of this book. You're right. And I think maybe it just bothers me when anyone does this because seeing it just annoys me. It's a little bit triggering. Yeah, it is triggering. But at the same time, a lot of girls go through that phase of like wanting to impress, I don't know, their male counterparts and all this stuff. But it was just frustrating to see that because I think understanding the pressure that Jack was under and then Jillian being like, no, I'm fine. Are you fine? Yeah, I'm. it's cool. What's happening, Jillian? I can't talk about it right now. Find a new ride to school. Like punishing (laughs) Jack. Like punishing Jack. And Jack's like, what the hell, bro? Like what's happening? And like come to find out in an alternate universe, they could have ended up together and she actually would have said yes to being with him. And that's due to lack of communication on both of their ends, which is like some of the most annoying things. I also take it back. There's actually a lot of realistic aspects of this book. Even character betrayal, whereas like Jack is so in love with Kate. Honestly, I think I would have even preferred a book that just focused on the friendship trio. Yeah. And Kate wasn't even a part of it, even though Kate was such a big part of the book. Huge part. I just didn't care that much about Kate. I actually really preferred Franny and Jillian. I think also too, the thing with Kate is she kind of felt separated from everything that was happening. Well, that was another point they made though. Mm. And there was a lesson in the book of a relationship shouldn't take you away from your life, which is a really great lesson to learn at a young age, which is why I think that people in high school, even, I mean, advanced readers in middle school type things, like I think this would actually really help people. I do think this is a really great, yeah. there's so many different there's lessons. so many in good this things. So many good things. I think especially if going back to high school and reading this, I would have thoroughly enjoyed this. And it was kind of fun. I put myself back in that perspective of being their age and going through all of those things and just trying to figure out life, what I want to do. It was great. It was really fun to read, honestly, in all seriousness. But at the same time, there were a couple of things that I was like, hold on. Yeah. We got to back it up. We got to back up this Tonka truck girl and talk about it. It was Justin's first book, too. And I, <gasps> there was a lot of his interviews. First it was his book? first book. Yeah. I actually did not know that. And knowing that it's his first book, I'm really happy for him. Yes. This is, he's a great author. I'm not kidding. Like, I'm very serious. 
Yes, it was his debut novel. I'm going to read this too because it shows that Justin A. Reynolds can really do it all. I need to share this with you because first off, look at this photo of him. So sweet. The cutest. So sweet, okay? Everyone go look at a photo of Justin A. Reynolds. It says, from a NASA intern to a night security guard to a pest control operator, Justin A. Reynolds has done it all. Most recently, Justin was a registered nurse before trading his stethoscope for a pencil and gracing the world with with his exquisite what with his exquisite debut novel opposite of always another thing i wanted to know and this will be what we end on is he wrote this book as a way of dealing with his like grief in his personal life and going through the question of like what would i do to be reunited with my loved ones but yeah i just i think he i think the okay. world of him from my interviews See, i've read now knowing all of this please everyone keep in mind that my Instagram, my Twitter, my podcast is now all about Justin Reynolds. It's all turned into a stand You're account. His number one fan. Number one fan. That to me is so special. And and you know what's so interesting in the book when he talks about, I think I want to be a writer. And then he's like, actually, I want to like become a scientist and study like sickle cell anemia, all this stuff. But I think there's something really encouraging about the author's story is the fact that he followed his dreams in his middle like aged life and went through so many different experiences that led him to that, which makes me want to cry. Dom is actually tearing up. And we talk about men not having one job. I mean, look at how many jobs he's had. So many jobs. So he's, many jobs. We love that for him. He's a great author. I'm so excited. The next book he writes, Kenzie and I are just going to have to hop back on here and talk about it because I have just a newfound respect for this man. Thank you for including that, Kenzie. Of course, of course. Well, thank you for joining us for Book Club again. Oh, I mean, it's my absolute pleasure. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. Check out The Uncomfortable Podcast with Dom Roberts. Subscribe here, rate, review, subscribe. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Follow the Instagram. Follow the Instagram. Join the book club. Join the book club. I'll be announcing the reader and the book for the month of March on the Instagram, ILYSM podcast. But I hope you guys enjoyed and I'll talk to you next Thursday. I love you so much. Have you been waiting to do that? I That's the, the only time. thing I care about to do. <laughs>